Hello, everybody. Welcome back to the Steadfast Runners podcast, the Steadcast. Joined here by Sam Wade, my co-host, and I am Kieran Clements, head coach of the Steadfast Runners team and do a little bit of running myself. A little bit of running being, again, the understatement of the year, as always. Yeah, okay, so quite a lot of running Thankfully, <laughs> Thankfully for you, though, and worryingly, we don't have that much of the year left to go, so I'll let you away. I'll let you get away with that one. Yeah, true, yeah, there's not that much running left of the year. I think I'll probably get another another couple of hundred miles in for the rest of the That's year. That's just disgraceful. <laughs> See, for me, if you are listening to the first time, for the first time, Kieran is an international distance athlete and has run all over the world at every every sort of level. And I have kind of, you know, just picked it up off the back of him being really keen. And now I run park runs at a decent pace and I'm trying to work up to bigger and bolder things. Um, and we are going to talk a little bit about kind of what we're up to. Uh, but I think, you know, we've got an awful lot to catch up on this week. It's been quite a busy week since we last recorded, hasn't it? It has, yeah. No, it's definitely been a really busy week in our sort of little running circle that we're that we're quite involved with. Sam's undersold himself as well. He's a sub five minute miler as of last summer. Went from was it five thirty seven? Yeah, or was something it 30? like that. Either way, knocked well over thirty. Oh no, it's five thirty four down it, to yeah. four fifty seven. Yeah. in ten weeks of training. So Sam does a decent little bit of running himself as well. Cool. Well, I'll tell you what then, what we could actually do is because something that we, we sort of introduced it last week, and I don't want to sound too vain by immediately talking about myself, <laughs> um, but the idea of the project that Kieran just mentioned last time was to take me as kind of an experiment and see how much I could take off my mile time. And Kieran sort of announced it quickly last week, but we've since started working about it. And I know a couple of people have come up to me at Parkrun and on my social media and asked me a little bit about what's going on. Yeah. So we were, yeah, we did kind of tease it a little bit, didn't we? So we yeah, of, tell us well, what's going on. What's the new project? Yeah. So essentially to, to streamline the project is we did our top of the game podcast a couple of weeks ago now. Mm-hmm. And obviously we highlighted half a dozen areas of you know what we think are most important to get the most out of yourself on a given day. Now for you, it's your job to do that. So you've probably got quite a lot of experience and probably it feels relatively natural. Yeah. Whereas for me, I tend to rock up at a park run on a Saturday morning and just run around it before I've got to go to work. So <laughs> I'd say you're, you're definitely more prepared than the vast majority of people who are there going to do a park run. Like Everybody has everybody who goes to Parkrun, I'd say, with the exception of maybe a few, they want to go there and they want to get the most out of themselves, no matter what that level is. So if they're saying, oh, I've, I've run a really good PB today, it used to be 45 minutes, now it's 43 minutes, that's still, they're still a performance athlete yeah. in, a, in their own way, if that makes sense. They're still trying to get the most out of themselves. So these principles can be applied to literally anyone. Yeah, and, and you're normally, I mean, you're more prepared just through knowing me than the vast majority of other park runners because you'll show up and you'll stretch and you'll do a bit of a jog warm up and maybe a couple of drills or strides if you're really feeling like you want to go for it. Yeah. But most people do just rock up at 8.55, yeah. <laughs> stand there, listen to the little announcement, walk over to the line and then go and do their 5K. And there's yeah. nothing wrong with that if that's what you want to do. No, but th- no there's it's not. It's not going to be the way to run as fast as you possibly can for that 5K. No, and um, obviously bringing it back around to my performance is we said, right, let's take those elements that we talked about and we're going to cram those into me over the <laughs> next, you know, what was four weeks. I think we're now probably more into three weeks. Um I think we've still got a fair bit of time. I think from today we still have four weeks. Okay, from, oh, right, okay. From Saturday, 
the one that we've picked out for you is in four weeks' time. Oh, I see. Right. Okay. Yeah. And essentially, over this you know short, call it a month-long period, for argument's sake, we're just going to cram as much of those <laughs> principles into me ahead of a park run to see how much I can improve. Exactly. Uh, well, we've already had a nutrition conversation today because <laughs> I've made Sammy a bowl of cereal about twenty minutes ago, just because he's going to the track as soon as we've finished recording this to go and run some 600s yeah that's it so it's, it's getting back into that mindset you know and, and so far funnily enough obviously i you and i were talking about this before we sort of started but i've got my little uh, diary here with some training things that i've done so so far my mileage having started what a week ago i've run yep. about run about 40 miles broken that down into a couple of lots of five miles a couple of little six and a half mile easy runs as well yeah we, we, sh- we should probably state as well that like you did probably run what 10 to 15 miles a week before starting this project anyway just to oh, not sort of stay not, fit out of not, fun not no? even not even that really it's, okay. yeah it's probably it's, I mean, it might have jumped you up a little bit quick then, yeah but, no 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 i mean yeah, it okay. might be yeah no 10 10 miles a week might be fair actually now that i'm getting back into it because you do you do a park run with a warm up and a warm down so that would come to about five or six miles yeah that's true yeah and, and then, then one you do five mile run during the week. yeah exactly no, okay that's fair no that's fair um, but yeah, you know, if we say that I've effectively already quadrupled my mileage in in a week, when you say it like that, it does sound like I'm really taking it seriously. So, so that's a lot of fun. Yeah, we're um, you know, we're pushing it. Kieran set me out a training program, and like you mentioned, I've got a track session to do later, and I've already done a couple of sessions on hills and things like that. So that's going to be new for me, and it's going to be exciting to you know build up to parkrun, which I think we said was the 21st of December, somewhere around that. Yeah. It's, it, it might be 22nd but yeah it's late december it's the it's the saturday before christmas that we're, we're yeah. going for so so yeah so that's really exciting and, and essentially we're going to be trying to share as much information as we can you know about how i'm progressing and obviously i'll be trying to make videos about that as well obviously i say obviously if you haven't seen it my uh, project five video has done really well for me on youtube and i want to kind of emulate certain elements of that in a, in a new video and i have work, started working on that as well so it's going to be a lot of fun a lot of work to put that all together yeah exactly project park run project park run is a go and yeah hopefully we'll be seeing a video of that i'm not going to promise a timeline but, no, but the project will be concluded just before christmas and yeah. it's up to sam to edit to pump, it and get it up as quickly as he can pump so it out, yeah no i agree if he's taking a long time just give him give him some stick on social media or whatever tell yeah. him to hurry up <laughs> please do yeah please do <laughs> so let's talk about that first hill session that you did because that sticks out to me as probably the most i've ever seen you hurt and we had that whole project five together yeah and yeah like just talk about running a hill session having never done that kind of training before well the thing is i think anyone who's done a decent length run you know maybe four you know four or five miles in their time will have some experience of running up a hill yeah but the thing is most people who go out for runs casually tend to run in a loop starting at the house and finishing at the house mm-hmm. so they get to run down whatever they've just run up whereas <laughs> this was a little bit more brutal so for ipswich listeners valley road for non-ipswich listeners it's about half a mile long this hill and oh it- no you're giving it way too much credit it's like 500 meters well, maybe the bit I was running was 500 metres, but in total... Oh, no, no, you were running like 300. Oh, God, was I? Oh, okay. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, chuffing great big sorry long to, hill. Sorry to break it to you. Oh, jeez. Well, it's a chuffing long hill, and I had to run up it, I think, what did we do, 10 times in the end? I think we did, yeah, 10 eight, total ones. I think it we was, did eight full Eight runs. bottom to top, and yeah. then two lampposts. Yeah. Yeah. So it, it hurt by the end of it, because <laughs> pacing... 
it took me a while to get my eye in on that was an issue yeah. i mean we um so i had a point that i'd identified that i wanted sam to get to which was kind of the flattening out of the hill because i wanted him to practice running off the top of the hill for reasons that i yeah we'll go into at some point but i wanted him to practice running off the top of the hill so i wanted him to get to this point at about 65 70 seconds in his 75 second hill reps the first one i'm pretty sure it was 56 that you went through that point it was something like that, and yeah. just completely flooded his system the next few reps were pretty rough but i think we eventually got you to a point where you'd go through in somewhere between 68 to 70 and yeah. you, you did manage to salvage the session quite well considering how hard you went out on that first rep yeah and i think uh, again this is one of those things that you always come back around to in running is just mind games. I ended up, yeah. you know, you mentioned basically like the point where the hill was starting to level out. There's like a bin and a bench next to each other. And you sort of, I got into my head that, right, that's the point where I can, you know, if I take it steady start up to, to that, stride out and, and then I can yeah. try and put, put the gas down with whatever I've got left in the rep from there. And then, you know, once I'd done that a couple of times and realized it wasn't going to kill me, I started to move that line back a little bit. And in the end, like I say, I got my eye into it. It just took probably five or six reps to, oh, yeah, exactly. to well, get it there. What was the first thing that I said to you after you'd finished that session is, well done, like you got through it. We're coming back in two weeks and you're yeah. going to do 12 and you're going to hit 60, 65 to 70 at that lamppost every single time. Yeah. And it's probably going to feel a hell of a lot better than it did. No, it's still going to be, it still won't be easy, but it'll be nice for you to see those tangible improvements. Yeah, definitely. And I can even talk about that, you know, already because slightly one of the races, you know, or the, one of the runs that I've done is a park run mm-hmm. subsequent to that. And, I told myself I was going to go super easy and <laughs> you know I ex- honestly I expected to go around it in I always say like I'm going to go around it in 21 22 minutes which you know for anyone who's listening thinks that fa- that's fast I'm flattered but for me that's a relatively it's about 7 minute pace isn't it's it it's a relatively a comfortable pace for me mm-hmm. and I thought right I'll go around it in 21 22 minutes finish the run and look back on times and I think I ran it in like 1940 something which, <laughs> which yeah. yeah it's only a week or so into training and yeah you're suddenly only 30 seconds off your PB and what was a perceived steady run exactly so which... so I'm very optimistic that in the next few weeks that I'm gonna have plenty of gas left in the tank to really go for it let's hope so and just for listeners so that original mark that Sam laid down was 1913 was it or 14, 14 yeah 1914 so that's the time that we're looking at to see how much we can take off of that and it'll probably be a total of five or six weeks yeah. between the two dates but we're seeing yeah how much time can we take off of that i'm predicting it to be over a minute uh, i don't know if you have do you have any predictions for yourself or do you not want to deal with that type of pressure no do, do you know what i was thinking about this the other day and i'm trying to think i think you've got a minute in you off of that time well what i thought to myself is if i can take 30 seconds off a or 35 seconds off a mile time yeah, you know, I'm not going to be able to do that times three, I don't think, which would be, be very optimistic. Yeah. yeah, that'd be tough. But I thought if I could do it times two, so that would be maybe just over a minute. Be a minute ten, yeah. Yeah, I thought that would be, you know, it would be bold. Yeah, well, I mean, what, what we have to consider as well is if anyone who's seen Project 5, the day that we did the sub five mile versus the day that we did all the, the time trial mile, <laughs> the sub five mile was run in horrible conditions. I and mean, yeah, like you had me pacing you the whole way around, which you didn't have in the control mile. Yeah. Which those would kind of balance each other out a little bit. But I would, I would estimate you were in shape 
to run under 450 yeah when you ran that 457 which wow. so you could call it you could call it 45 seconds if you wanted to in terms of the shape you were in i don't think you were going to run much faster than a four than a 530 no on the day that you did the control mile um if i remember right your pacing strategy wasn't great that day but I it just, wasn't I, I just it went. wasn't a million miles <laughs> off it was it was more it was kind of a hard first lap and then two laps of oh god what am i doing what have i signed up for and then <laughs> a final lap of just get to the finish as fast as you can the faster you get to the line the faster it's over exactly yeah but yeah, yeah so i mean yeah if you could take off three times 35 seconds that'd oh, be god, pretty yeah. no, that'd, <laughs> that'd be... be pretty awesome i mean what time does that even get you to i mean that's i, I don't be... have the mathematic ability to take that time away i think it's 1730 uh, yeah it's going to be seven yeah it's gonna be something like that yeah. it's gonna it's, it's gonna start with 17 which to me yeah. sounds crazy well yeah, yeah. if sam runs 1730 at parkrun in a couple of weeks time i think everyone who listens to this wants to uh Sign be, up. Se- be sending me an email <laughs> yeah <laughs> yeah exactly especially if if all of this can just come off the back of a podcast which you have the privilege of listening to exactly <laughs> <laughs> um but if we're, we're talking about my coaching but let's talk about you coaching because i understand that you've taken somebody under your wing as of late well, I think under my wing is is maybe a bold expression, but I do have to give an enormous, enormous shout out, congratulations, well done to a friend of mine called Sam French. And I'm saying this because yesterday he ran his first mile and a half pretty much out of nowhere. Yeah. And to for him to have done that and, and you know, me having known him now, God, probably getting on for 15 years, I reckon. Um, but what was so exciting about this is, is French had sort of come to me on like our group chat and said, you know, I'm thinking about joining the gym again. And, you know, I know his past relationship with sport obviously hasn't been, you know, he's, he's not been a sporty person over, over the time that I've known him at least. Yeah. Because- and then you did your Sam Wade thing and you were like, nah, don't do that run. <laughs> not even that, but you know, Frenchie's Frenchie's not necessarily a sporty person because he's more of a music person and his ability to pick up an instrument and just roll with it is is something quite incredible and the suffolk mozart it's honestly it's crazy like the way that he does it is is i i I literally don't understand it but anyway so he says in this group chat that he wants to start you know going to the gym and just doing something and then like you said yeah i instantly come along i'm like go for a run and then he sort of goes yeah all right i'm going oh brilliant (laughs) so it was really cool so yesterday you know we sort of arranged this time and i had to myself i thought you know what? What would what would I want if I was the other way around? How would I do it? And I thought basically I'll apply the things that Kieran taught me that I wouldn't have done to make my running better, like Project Five, and obviously what we're doing now. I thought mm-hmm. if I apply those, obviously not like super hardcore throwing your guts up, but just <laughs> you know doing enough of those core things to make you feel good it's before more, you go for a run. Yeah, what you needed to apply to him, which I think you did really well, is you applied the things that make you feel good about running. So yeah. things like starting off slow. And negative splitting and things like just having it be a manageable amount. Yeah, and doing things, doing. There's so much to be said about doing things in manageable amounts for people that are new to running. Yeah. So one of the things that I was going to suggest that you could have maybe done with him, and you didn't. You just went for the big block at once, and I think that was really good for him to kind of get over that barrier of like, oh, like a mile's not that far. Like I can do this. Yeah. But what you could have also done, which I think is good for new runners, is just the walk jog strategy. So starting off with 10 sets of one minute walk, one minute jog, one minute, yeah. da, 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 and suddenly you've got 20 minutes of exercise in and you know, you were walking around for 10 minutes of it. Yeah. Well, in, in, to, to kind of summarize what we actually did, 
uh, and I won't obviously sort of go through the whole thing, but basically the night before I said to French, look, just make sure that you drink lots of water, you know, mm. just keep yourself hydrated, really simple stuff. But for a lot of people who don't do much exercise, it, you know. You don't understand, but yeah, you feel so much better when you're hydrated. Do, <laughs> do it the night before, you'll feel better. So anyway, so yeah. we did that and then went over to Frenchie's and then at Frenchie's house, we kind of just took, I took him through some of you know, the active stretching and kind active of- Active isolated um, stretching. Yeah, yeah, the things that we've done together. And obviously we've recorded that video for on your channel and things like that. Mm -hmm. Just took him through some of those and just sort of- uh, yeah. Which is always fun to see somebody who's new to running and new to exercise, especially made try and do those sorts of things. Made all the right, made all the right noises. Put it that way. Doing yeah, exactly. Do a few of them and heard the odd grunt on the other side of the room. You, you know, I said they're active. Like when people do that, they are activating and stretching muscles that just haven't been stretched or activated for like maybe ever, maybe yeah. since like childhood when you were bouncing around from tree to tree, which knowing sam not particularly well but well enough i don't imagine he was that kind of kid anyway <laughs> so yeah, well yeah i mean it it like i said it was just really it was it was refreshing that he sort of took it all on board to to come and do like the stretches as well so we did the stretches and then we drove out to felix though which was good and bad the good things about it were that the pavement's nice and wide and there's no brakes in it and it's it's you know it just goes on for like three or four miles mm -hmm. so you can always you can really control the elements of you know how far you want to run and you don't have to worry about cars pulling out over you and you don't have to stop basically yeah you've just got a massive headwind potentially and i assume dog walkers yeah well dog walkers are neither here nor there because we did yeah. it relatively quiet but it was wet and windy which uh, <laughs> which didn't help but so we did those stretches drove out to felix stone sort of got there then sort of took him through what i'd call a few like kind of gentle drills so obviously not kind of in the same way that you and i maybe do them but no just, things like sort of your knee hugs and your, yeah just yeah. getting the getting the movements in and then just did a couple of strides so sort of you know jogging up getting up to pace and then controlling it down and when i sort of turned around and said how are you feeling he goes cool i think i'm out of breath already and i thought that's a good answer um and then yeah like <laughs> i said means we, he was warmed up he was, he was ready to go this is it and we took it super slow and basically like i was saying to you a, a moment ago there's a there's a line kind of where the type of like pavement changes and I know from that line up to the pier is pretty much bang on a kilometer so I thought to myself if we can go there and back that gives us well over a mile it gives us also a point b at the other end where if we do want to just stop and stay in the warm and just have a drink of water or something like that yeah you can relax there for a few minutes and then tackle it, run it, part two it, exactly yeah. so I thought a lot that helps that a lot of people as well even on the kind of the club level of running of I've got this big run to do, but I'm going to plan in like a stop halfway round where I'm going to grab like a coffee and I don't know, a scone or something like hey, exactly, and just to stop and sit for half an hour. And if you have the time to do that and that's what is going to get you through. So you've got a 10 miler, but you planned in a stop at five miles. Like you're still getting 10 miles in for the day. That's yeah, still all right. Exactly. And my logic kind of was that, you know, if we got there and if he was dying, then obviously we can stop and like you say, do all of that. Or if it feels fresh, then yeah, we're spinning around and we're going back. And yeah, that's exactly. what, and that's what happened. It was really great. So we spun around and we came back. Uh, and one, I think the best part of it for the, certainly for me at least was we got to the mile and I think he was, I think he was still feeling relatively fresh. And I mm -hmm. sort of, because I, I had Strava open just as we ran along, and I said, "There you go, you just run a mile." His big grin <laughs> on his face, like, and he went, "Wow!" And I, you know, he, he wasn't struggling for breath, but you could tell he sort of, you know, you could tell he was working. He sort of said, "He goes, wow, I don't think I'd ever do that." You know, I just yeah, yeah, that's that's awesome. And that for me, that was like one of those really uplifting moments where I just thought, this is somebody who, honestly, if you just said to him, you know, run X or do Y, something like that, he might mm -hmm. have felt 
uncomfortable about the idea as she just run a mile and just grinned at it, you know? Yeah. Yeah, and he was then, so happy just to get through that one mile. Now, yeah, imagine how he'd feel if he finished a park run, say, in and, a couple of weeks. Like, I don't know if that's if he plans on even running again ever, but... But it's it's an awesome, it's an awesome step. And then because I think I did what all good coaches, all good you know, people who guide you on runs should do, which is always just push you a little bit further at the end, is yeah. uh, basically there's the railings like on the concrete change where we started. And then there's ones, that, I don't know, there may be 40, 40 yards further back from that. So not a huge amount. Yeah, but, you made him run back but, past the but start. But enough, <laughs> enough to do that. And then I, and I said, right, you're not allowed to stop until you touch the rail. And um, he may may have only been sort of right at the last you know five yards or something, but he did manage a bit of a kick there. He sped up with the last sort of you know, hey. five, ten <laughs> yards to go and then and then touch the rail and then two arms triumphant in the air. And I was, that's great to that's see. That's it. So, <laughs> so again, you know, Frenchie, if you are listening, an enormous well done because it was an absolutely awesome run. And to, you know, and, and you know, for, for, for what that means for you physically and mentally to know that you can now run a mile. Yeah, a mile and a half we finished on in the end, actually, I should say. It was, it was, yeah, it was a mile and a half out of nowhere. Again, enormous congratulations and proof that, you know, any, anyone can go out and, and do it if they if they just take it easy and if they, you know. Yeah, just chill out and enjoy it. So exactly. well played and yeah, huge shout out to Frenchie. Well done, mate. Yes, good. Um, otherwise, I think that's pretty much in terms of my running world, that's all the kind of major things that are going on. I'm sweating and recording videos <laughs> and Frenchie's, yeah, Frenchie's been working hard. So what about yourself? So I have had a decent little bit of stuff going on. So I had a cross-country race this September past saturday which went pretty much horribly okay um so it was the european cross-country trials in liverpool tied in with the uk cross challenge i finished you know i can't even remember where i finished in the race it was that bad it was in the 30s somewhere right when i was going into it knowing that i was in very good shape and this is something that maybe we could talk about on future podcasts is not meeting up to not living up to expectations and also not living up to just the shape that you're in so just underperforming in races and it felt like it was an underperformance for me because of the terrain and it sounds like such a cop-out to blame the fact that it was muddy that I ran badly but man like I think that's going to be the last cross-country race I ever run because I could not run through the mud I just couldn't do it every time it was deep thick like shin deep in places mud oh gross and yeah like I honestly this is what I said to my coach when I called him after the race is there were times when I was running through that thick mud. If there had been a concrete path along the side, somebody could have just slowly walked like an 80 year old with a Zimmer frame could have walked along past <laughs> faster than I was running through that mud. Like it was bad. I was just getting hordes of people would come past me and then we'd get onto a bit with a good surface and I'd come flying back past. How funny. I think anyone who was in and around me during that race would testify to the fact that I cannot run on mud anymore, which is disappointing because as a youth and as a junior, I was, that was one of the things that I was kind of known for being quite good at. But yeah, I think just with adjustments of my biomechanics and with age and things like that, it's just something that I'm not really able to do well anymore. And the most most importantly the most important takeaway that i got from that race and the reason why i'm pretty much ruling myself out of cross country racing for the foreseeable future is i did not enjoy one single step of that race yeah and that's even even when you're doing it at kind of like as like basically what you do yeah 
like my identity is almost being a runner at the moment. Yeah. <laughs> like it's just yeah, if you're not enjoying it, why why bother? No, I agree. There was uh, there's there was plenty of other stuff going on this weekend. There was road races all over the place. I could have got in a good couple of sessions cuz racing on a Saturday means that I didn't do a session on the Thursday and subsequently then didn't have what I would consider a good training effect on the Saturday if that makes sense because right. I had that race and I ran poorly and honestly like n- with all due respect to everybody else in the race and people that finished around me I would say I probably finished that race feeling the least tired out of everyone in the race yeah. like I just couldn't physically give it my all yeah well the, the thing is you know you'll know this and anyone who's listening who's ever tried to go after an achievement will know is if as if you get into it and you, you know your heart's not in it as it were you won't you know you you won't even you you won't be able to dig the deepest at the end because no, exactly. there won't be there won't be the desire to kind of prove yourself <laughs> to the course really is there yeah because and as well there also just wasn't a long enough stretch of good running where i could tire myself out yeah <laughs> you know like i'd get onto a good stretch and i'd be full pelt like sprinting along and then suddenly deep mud hits again and it's, yeah. i can't physically go any more than a walking pace <laughs> it's yeah just, yeah what it was ridiculous um and that's just like i didn't enjoy that like some people love the mud they love cross country even if they're not as good at it as the track or the roads they'll just get out and they'll slog around and they'll be like yeah like that was just that was good fun i struggled i like i think i have too much of a performance mindset even if it's something i know i'm not good at yeah to get beaten quite badly in a race like that even like it's still a race yeah as much as i was barely running for half of it it was still a race and i got beaten pretty badly so that was that was hard to take and some people might say like oh what a waste like you're throwing your toys out of the pram like just learn to run in mud again but do you know what? There's so many opportunities in running. Like, you've got road, you've got indoor track, you've got outdoor track. Cross country is such a small part now of the running world that I yeah. don't think I'm going to miss it. Well, I think, and this is this is my kind of, yeah, just go and do something different. Here, here could be here could be a different way to approach it. Is obviously you do all of your running at the moment for you know effectively as a job for you know, to be competitive, maybe at some point, maybe when that, maybe the competitive size thing is maybe less important. If you have more time off, go and sign yourself up for like a tough mudder or something like that. Oh, you have man, to, I get ruined. You have to <laughs> run in the, run in the things and go under a few nets. Cause then that way, you know, you get me and a couple of other people to do it with you or something like that. You go around, do it as a fun thing. And then hopefully the, the association that you have running in the mud at the moment is that kind of, Oh God, that was awful. But if you yeah, can take not that a performance and, thing, it's just uh, you're going with your mates and yeah, and you can have you can have a laugh and you can have a beer yeah. afterwards. So maybe yeah, true. M- maybe in a few years or something like that, maybe whenever the time is right, you can uh, repair. Or when your... I have eighty quid to spend on race entry, yeah, that is true. Yeah, <laughs> that is true. Maybe you can just go look. I'll, I'll almost certainly run faster than most other people. <laughs> yeah, just <laughs> let me let me. In me for but free, then yeah. it becomes a performance thing again. It's, <laughs> yeah, you've got all of that yeah pressure and having to try and run fast, and I've got absolutely no upper body strength as well. So when it comes to <laughs> <laughs> climbing over like a 10 foot wall i'm a bit screwed there there you go well you could argue that's mostly core strength there we go it's that that's your that's your objective for later in life is to <laughs> is to repair your relationship with mud we'll, we'll call it by a, doing a we'll, mud we'll, fantastic. we'll call it a breakup for now but this this can this can be the coffee in the cafe in five years time when all is forgotten <laughs> there we go so moving on to more positive news so what's next for me now that we're axing cross country i mean 
I had slim hopes of maybe being selected to run the European cross country had that race at Liverpool run well enough, which is in two weeks. And we'll talk more about the Eurocross and the team that is going to be going there later in the news section. But what's next for me is the Corridor de Huez. I've probably butchered the pronunciation there. 10K in Paris or well, just a little bit north of Paris. I ran that race last year. It's where my 10K road PB comes from of 29.15. So oh, nice. We're going back out there and we're looking to try and improve on that. I'd love to dip under 29 if I can. That would be good. That would That's, be good. The whole goal with the 10K on the roads at the moment is just to bring it as close to my 10,000 track PB as possible. Okay, yeah. Because that, that's, that's 28.37. Okay. Which, obviously, it's I think it's significantly easier to run a 10,000 faster on the track than the roads just because... It's, it just is, basically. Physiologically, it just is. Yeah. Especially if you don't have the aid of certain shoes, <laughs> which we won't get into. Is that is that going to be our box tick for the... That's, that's uh, for box the ticked. We'll, box, we'll... box number one tick, so there you go. So again, for anyone who's for anyone who's new, this has now become a running theme that, we always, that we've sort of noticed, is that Kieran likes to bash certain types of shoes. There'll almost certainly be a, a marathon overlord reference at some point, and there will also be a, a boxing reference. So we will, I'm sure we can find it. <laughs> well, <laughs> I'm just squeezing say, the I, other two. <laughs> we now have a permanent theme, or at least every time we have a guest, we have a permanent theme of the boxing and Kipchoge reference. That's with true, our, yeah. With so our we finish can... <laughs> question. So. But yeah, that's. I think that's all that's going on with me personally. Um, what else have I been up to? I took a sports massage course, so look out for that coming soon. That'll be something that I'll look to add to my services. That's, uh, yeah, I think that's it. I think we'll, we're ready to move on to the news. Yeah, and I think this is a really cool thing to do because, you know, so far all the pods that we've recorded have had some kind of what I'd call person or aspect that's the main focus of the whole thing we've essentially discussed it throughout the whole thing and mm. this is more just of us jamming over what's been going on what we're up to and yeah what's been going on yeah just generally in the world of running that we're connected to yeah, yeah. no exactly so i want to start off this little news section by talking about my athletes so we're keeping it about us <laughs> for shout the moment out, shout out steadfast runners yeah exactly so i had two athletes racing this weekend both did really really well which reflect obviously quite well on me so i'm very happy about there it there we go good so we had mary galbraith in the half marathon she ran 9157, which was a huge pb that was a pb by over 10 minutes got her seventh place female in the race and i think that comes out to about seven minutes per mile yeah that's, half marathon. that's fast like yeah. my, it's not hanging around i mean my half marathon not that i really knew what i was doing when i ran it but i mean that was 99 minutes and that was still for someone who was yeah, you know, twenty twenty one and in you know decent shape. Yeah, and you, I mean, it. You can't leave out the factor as well. A male. Yeah, no, exactly. <laughs> so, exactly. So for her to go out and run ninety one, and I've, that's actually the third runner now that I've had go from not really running very much at all, seeking out my services, and has run a ninety one minute half marathon. So if you want to run a ninety one minute half marathon, this is apparently a great program for you. Yeah. I'm hoping to get at least one of those three guys sub ninety. Well, guys and gals, yeah, yeah. sub ninety at some point in the next couple of months. That's I think awesome. Mary was in shape to do it, but it's, I think it was just a bit of a tough course. Yeah, I think she said there was quite a few hills and whatnot on it. So, and the other thing as well is like she actually hasn't got 
up until now, she didn't have any experience of going that fast and running a, that fast for that long. For that long, no. I mean, we've done you know we've done I mean. half marathon work in training and things like yeah. that. But yeah, you can't replicate a race. You've got to. Yeah, you've kind of got to go that much faster. I mean, that ten minutes faster than she's ever run for that distance before. You kind of have to go that fast before you can then take the next step and have another breakthrough. And who knows, she may go another five minutes faster the next time. Yeah, Nobody but knows. I mean, that's an absolutely awesome level of achievement, though. Ten minutes. Ten, ten minutes. Minute PB. Yeah. Ten minutes. Like, just keep saying it. That's an enormous... Ten minutes. I mean, it's exactly yeah. what happened to you. It just shows the power of doing, of having structured training and accountability. Yeah. That's like, listeners, that's why you need a coach. <laughs> <laughs> it just structure and accountability are your two best friends in running yeah and if you can provide those for yourself and be that internally driven then great like you're gonna do well but yeah. a lot of people really it's a hard it's a really hard skill to master and it's a hard skill to to kind of have not a lot of people do but moving on our next great performance of the weekend was chris cook i feel like i talk about chris cook every every other week or so he's a very frequent racer and a very talented V55 athlete. So he ran at the Wolverton five mile race. He was the first V55 age grouper and 23rd after all. He completed the five mile distance in 28, 28, 19, which I think, what have we got? It was 5.39 pace per mile. Yeah, I mean, that's... that's I mean, that's almost, that's, that was almost your control mile, your base level fitness mile times five with shifting. no rest. As a V55. Yeah, I was going to say, someone who's double my age as well. <laughs> so that is, I mean, again, enormous congratulations. Yeah, huge run from Chris there. And that was his fastest time in over a decade, which we have to consider as quite a big achievement. I think it was... Hugely. Yeah, almost a minute quicker than he ran at that same race last year. Oh, wow. Okay. As well. So, I mean, which, that's... We're in, inside a five-mile five race, I mean, that's a big chunk isn't yeah. it to improve yeah, well, it's on over 10 mile. seconds a mile isn't yeah. it yeah so. yeah when you say it like that 10 <laughs> 10 seconds a mile is is a huge huge amount well if, yeah if you if you were running a mile race and you saw and somebody finished 10 seconds ahead of you you'd think they were pretty far yeah. away and especially think, oh i lost by like a long way i lost by 10 seconds over a mile and yeah. he's just beaten you know on on like video games you've got like a ghost <laughs> of your fastest lap that's right yeah he's beaten his the chris cook ghost from a year ago yeah. he's put almost a minute on that guy so and, and i think the thing that makes that certainly if you know to me hearing about it kind of on paper the thing that makes it really significant is someone who's got that much racing experience as well yeah to be able to pull it out like when it matters like say toppy game kind of performance like the, to be able to bring every element together on a race day well, that's, that's stuff really that impressive he's, yeah that stuff that he's he personally is really good at is being right on top of his game and bringing out that performance when it matters and yeah. his training indicated that he could go around about 28 30 or so but that i mean to exceed the times, the splits that he's been running in training on race day, it's a special talent, and that's something that is hard to teach and hard to learn. Yeah, and yeah, it's awesome. And also, what we've got, to, what we'll do as well is, well, what we kind of have to do is shout out Liam D in that race, my old teammate from Iona. He finished second overall in twenty four twenty two, pace of well under five minutes per mile, and yeah, huge shout out to Liam because that was awesome. Yeah, has he still got the mullet and the moustache? I'd be 
surprised and slightly offended if he didn't. <laughs> <laughs> I think that's it. I feel like maybe the I it's feel iconic. Like, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I feel like the mustache is the key to key to unlocking the speed. You know, pre pre Fontaine. It's, it's the it, mullet mustache combo. Yeah, <laughs> it's it's pretty awesome. There I don't go. think the back of my hair grows long enough to even <laughs> do a mullet. <laughs> I can have a mean mustache when I need to, as you as you know. Yeah, definitely. But definitely. I um yeah my. <laughs> My nationality changes when I go for the mustache. We'll put it that way. Yeah, let's, <laughs> let's probably keep, the most PC way. To put yeah, it. Let's keep it. And then we'll accurate. move quickly on. <laughs> but we'll stick with the theme of Iona because it was the NCAA cross country this weekend, as yeah. you know. Yeah, and obviously we spent so much time last week talking to Jordan, who was a member of the team. Yep. You know, going into that and obviously talking about his thoughts and feelings in the build-up to it. So what happened? So Iona finished up as twelfth in the team race. I know Jordan said top 10 was the goal and they didn't put that. That's not too far short of that. That's top 12 is a very good run considering only 30 teams in the nation are even, or 31 teams, sorry, in the nation are even allowed to run in that race. Wow. <laughs> 31 teams in the entire nation. So Iona is the 12th best cross country university in America, which translates to probably probably puts them in the top few in the world yeah you know there's probably not more than 10 other team cross-country teams in the world better than that at the university level no i agree and yeah so that for this year that's yeah that's how they did that was the team score no we had a couple of really good individual performances as well one of them from a suffolk native right hey shout out the boys so one of them from Suffolk native from John Miller, a.k.a. Jack, a.k.a. John Jack, a.k.a. Gaza, <laughs> finished 26th in the race, which, to put that into context, that's a hell of a performance. I was at Iona for five years, and my best performance at NCAA Cross Country was 44th. Well, how many people are on a start line for something like that? Give us an example, just for some so context. It's, a, it's about 250 or so. Yeah, so when but you those say are like 250 that. of the best runners in the country. Yeah. Those Out of those 250, probably 50 of them are in sub-29 minute 10K shape. I mean, there were guys that at the Northeast Regional ran a 10K road race, which, I mean, Jordan seemed to think it was fairly accurate which ran sub 29 minutes and finished outside of the top 100 at NCAAs. Whoa. When you, when you say it like that, that, yeah, that the, brings the in perspective. Depth is just something else over there. Like it's absolutely insane. So for John Miller to finish 26th, he's an Ipswich Harrier. I'd like to think I played a good part in getting him over to Iona. Yeah. Well, like I know that's, that that's a next level performance. I mean, that to yeah. me is the best race of his life. Yeah, I guarantee you um, there's no, it, I guarantee there's no nothing about this. If we go onto the Suffolk the East Anglian Daily Times website, that, <laughs> that deserves a story and a little click down for more sport. I bet you it's not in there. I think it needs to be. I think it should be as well. Yeah. And yeah, no, maybe maybe we should get in touch with the people that send uh, sent Art, Archon yeah. or whoever's responsible for publishing it an encouraging email. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. So yeah, great run from John there. And we also had shout out to Ehab, Ehab El Sandali, who just missed an All-American spot. So All-American at NCAA Cross Country is top 40. Ehab finished 41st. He was 0.4 seconds away. 0.4 seconds. You should have dipped, Ehab. (laughs) I saw the finish to that race. There was like four of them all in a pack. He just had to beat like one more of those guys and he'd have had it. I swear that I saw this. It was probably three or four months ago. Oh, no. It was in the World Championships. When was the World Championships? 
That was September. When were the, was there qualifying for the World Championships? It might have been then. Um, so we had the British Athletics Championships was the trial for that. That was in August at some point. I don't know. I feel like it was an American thing. You must know the one I'm talking about. It was this guy who literally, he's running, it was something like an 800 meter race or 400 or something like that. And he literally mm-hmm. like supermaned himself over the line. I don't know if you've seen that. I've seen that happen a few times. So no, I don't. I can't think within the context of this year with qualifying for something. <laughs> I don't know. I, no, you've lost. You've lost me there. I'm afraid. I'll have, to, I'll have to see if we can pull up the video and show you at some point. But anyways, <laughs> he yeah. Imagine imagine like I say, somebody's kind of put, swept the rug out from under his feet and he's dived forward with both he's hands. He's Superman for that, and, and, and he's made the team. I'm guessing. Well, uh, he, uh, the, the, that particular instance, he won the race. Um, hey, there you go. So maybe there you go. Don't. Don't get any ideas from me because I'm obviously not the one who's run at this sort of level and have no no <laughs> ability to to qualify um or to coach at this sort of level. But supermaning, I can't see I can't see the I can't see how badly it's going to end. If you can superman at the end of the race, why the hell not? <laughs> I well yeah, I mean you probably get a fair bit of track burn. I've never felt the need to dive across the finish line myself, but <laughs> not digging deep enough. I yeah, reckon. no. Well, maybe that's why I only ran four minutes for the mile and not three fifty nine. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, back to NCAA's. We're tangenting a bit here. It wasn't Iona NCAA's. It was just it was the whole NCAA. So we've got to give a quick shout out to the winners of that race, which were BYU. That's Brigham Young University. <laughs> yeah, Sam just made a face there because he's not quite sure what that means. But BYU have been one of the top teams for quite a long time now, ever since I was in college. They're really consistently on the podium. And for them to finally come home and win it is quite a big deal. And it was also quite a big upset over NAU, Northern Arizona University, who had won the last three team the last three NCAA team titles on the trot. So Oh wow. Yeah, that was a big, big, big run from B the from BYU and the BYU guys there. And the individual winner of the race, the NCAA champ, was Edwin Kurgat of Iowa State. So shout out to him by some strange miracle if he ever listened to this. (laughs) (laughs) And then there was also a women's race, which my girlfriend ran in. Oh, yeah. So well done to her. Emily Moyes, shout out. I think that's your first ever shout out on this podcast. Hello. Um, So she helped her Boise State team finish in 17th position in a race that was won by Arkansas from BYU. So that's BYU getting two teams in the top two. Oh, wow. Yeah. If that makes sense. So yeah. they, the winner of the men's race and then the runner-up in the women's race. So really good year for BYU. Well done to them. Shout out to their coach, Ed Eyestone. He's a very good coach, basically. <laughs> don't Clearly. know what else I can say about <laughs> it. Like he's, he knows his stuff. He was a very good runner back in the day as well, which not a lot of people actually know. And Wayne Kalati was the individual winner of the women's NCAA race from New Mexico. And yeah, that's NCAAs. Yeah, well, it certainly sounds like a, a pretty... I've seen the videos of like when these big events start, and they are epic things to watch start. You know. NCAAs, I think, is the second biggest cross-country race in the world, minus the World Cross Country Championships. Yeah, it, it's quite a shocking thing to, to witness. So anyone who hasn't yeah. seen this, before we move on... Do yourselves a favor, go onto YouTube and look up how these races start. Because ultimately, the, the finish of the race is just like the finish of any other race you've ever seen. It's, it's half, just a string of people. But N- well, NCAAs is kind of different in that way as well. Because you have these huge, you have these like fairly big packs of insanely fast runners all trying to beat each other because there's team points on the line. Yeah. And so you've got these guys that have run well under 14 minutes for 5K, well under 29 minutes for 10K 
scrapping for like 50th place that's and, like, i've been in these scraps as well and like it's intense like you can go all the way back to probably 150th is an intense scrap no for every single spot possible from there there is kind of an element of people that are maybe sort of struggling or they're burnt out because they've trained hard early in the season or they're just kind of happy to be there type yeah. of thing but those first hundred spots especially like it's a fight it is a fight for every single place nice. I all like the it. way to the line i like it i like making running a contact sport. oh it's crazy <laughs> ncaa cross country is a contact sport <laughs> <laughs> Do you know it's funny it's, it's it reminds me it's, you know there are certain games they go it's not con- like, i remember somebody once said to me i think it was when i was in school the first time i ever picked up a basketball and somebody said basketball is not a contact sport biggest lie in the whole world <laughs> basketball is very much a contact sport and like cross-country running you don't think of it like that but when oh, you do see how, how bunched up people get it's unbelievable i've seen i've seen you before like from track runs where you've got like scrapes and like blood pouring down your shins oh, from being spiked of, and stuff yeah well in, like in, in, in the ncaa cross-country i once managed to get spiked in the thigh that's <laughs> impressive <laughs> how does that even work <laughs> Oh, but dear. yeah, so we'll move on from NCAAs. Um, yeah, would strongly recommend anyone who can, yeah, get on YouTube, type in NCAA cross country and just sit back in awe of how ridiculous it is. Because <laughs> yeah, it's it's a sight to behold. It is really impressive. We'll stick on the theme of cross country though and we'll just revisit the race that I ran in, the European trials race. Okay. I want to give a quick shout out to those who qualified and made the European cross country team. The European cross country is in two weeks in Lisbon in Portugal and GB is sending a team there with the hopes of bringing back lots of lovely shiny medals. Good. So we've got on the senior men's team, we've got Andy Butcher, Ben Connor, Patrick Diva, who came 11th in the NCAA meet. Adam Hickey, Tom Evans, who is an ultra runner by trade, but managed to qualify for the cross-country team, and Chris Jones, who is an orienteer by trade and managed to qualify for the cross-country team, which I imagine you have a question about that from the face you're making. Yeah, it's just a case of how do people how do people fit in other stuff and run that fast? That's, that's my, what? I have my main no question. I have no idea. Tom Evans ran Western State's 100-mile race not too long ago in the summer and is now running for GB over cross country. I, how he's done that, I'll never know. He must just be some crazy talent. And Chris Jones as well. He's a very good... I think he's, I think he's won world medals at Orienteer Racing. So That's crazy. Yeah, really impressive. Send then, him into the old Berkeley Marathon next. That's probably the, the right way to go. <laughs> well, I, Evans probably would give that a shot at some yeah. point. The thing with Berkeley is apparently no one really knows how to enter that. No, it's one of those kind of, I think... You can, for I think, those who are listening, watch the Berkeley Marathons documentary on Netflix. I promise you will not regret it. It's really cool. Yeah, it's... I think essentially the way to, the way to get into it is it's you have, to, you have to have your name put forward by somebody else that's running it. Okay. So that's, that's my understanding. So it's, the it's very fees are ridiculous as well. It's like, it could just be whatever the guy wants like that year, isn't it? Like, yeah. it's like, oh, the entry fee this year is like a flannel shirt or... Yeah, it is, <laughs> it is unbelievable. Tin of beans, all that sort of thing. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, but I think no, that's, that's awesome. I, I think crazy races, that could be a good, another idea for a pod, isn't it? Is just, you know, design your own craziest race and yeah. see how it matches up. Or we could up. do like the top 10 most ridiculous ultra races, yeah, we'll, something we'll like whack. that wacky races yeah because yeah, they i mean they have some absolutely insane ones out yeah. there like the, the ultra huge shout out to the ultra running community because you guys are a different 
a different freaking animal like you guys are nuts yeah <laughs> i couldn't do that like, i'll run fast for a 10k but you won't catch me in a hundred mile or anytime soon <laughs> but anyway we digress the senior women's team we've got charlotte arter kate avery and i own a college alum so shout out to her there abby donnelly amy griffiths jess judd and jenny nesbitt we've then got an under 23 men's team which i think this looks like a really strong team you've got emil caress mohammed mohammed Ewan Makepeace, who also ran in the NCAA. Yeah. John Miller, who hey. we all know. We shout out John. John Jack Gaza. He finished 26th in the NCAAs, as we know, and that's gotten him selected for the under-23 team for Euros. Saul Sweeney and Alex Yee, who is a triathlete by trade. Under-23 women's team, we've got Eleanor Bolton, Carrie Hughes, Hannah Nuttall, NCAA. Bronwyn Owen, Amelia Quirk, and Poppy Tank, another NCAA one. Seeing a bit of a theme here. Yeah. <laughs> Def- definitely shows so, itself as a benchmark, doesn't NCAAs it? NCAAs and the Eurocross trials were on the same day. Right. So those who were competing in the NCAA had a a responsibility, I suppose we'd have to call it, to prioritize their NCAA team. Yeah. Because they're the ones that are paying for their scholarship. And of course. Blah, 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 blah. But they, you can use a performance from the NCAA if you are very nice to the selectors. <laughs> no, no. It's, it is all on merit. It doesn't matter how nice you are to these guys, <laughs> unfortunately. Otherwise, I'd be sending boxes of chocolates every That's day it, for yeah. a year. Um, if you perform well enough in the NCAA meet, if there is a conflict, you are eligible for selection for the GB team for the European Cross Country Championships. Oh, right, okay. Had the NCAAs been a week earlier which they sometimes are, you're usually expected to come back and run the trials as well. Oh, but because they're on the same day this year, you were able to qualify via that. Um, so two more teams that I'll just quickly go through is the junior men's team. So that's men, guys who are 20 years, no, less than 20 years old this calendar year. Right. So that is Hamish Ahmet, Will Barnicote, Charlie Hicks, who runs for Stanford and is now currently coached by my old coach, Ricardo Santos. So well done, you guys, for getting into the team. Rick actually coached me to my bronze medal at the European Cross Country Champs. Um, And I assume what's happened here is they've flown Charlie in from Stanford to run the trial. He'll now chill here for a couple of weeks, run the champs, and then fly back for his finals, for his exams, which is what happened to me when I was a freshman in college. Yeah, And yeah, I managed to get bronze, so... Go on, Charlie, go get that medal. You've got to get silver just to do you now. Yeah, well, yeah, exactly. (laughs) It's not even, not enough that you got into Stanford. (laughs) Showing off, isn't it? (laughs) No, good lad. Uh, Then we've got Zachariah Mohammed, Matt Stoner, and Matt Willis, who is also a triathlete by trade and looked really good at the trials. I think he can go after a medal as well. Then on the women's team, the women's junior team, you've got Izzy Fry. Kira Gemmel, I'm not sure how to pronounce your name, sorry. <laughs> Megan Keith, Olivia Mason, Saskia Millard, and Amelia Samuels. And there's also a mixed relay team. Have you, you probably haven't watched the European Cross Country before. No, not So any. at major cross country championships, what they're doing at the moment is they're throwing in relay races, mixed relay races. Okay. Where you've got two men and two women. Each of them will run a leg of about 1,500 meters. So, you know, give or take a mile. Yeah. And yeah, hand over like a, it's like a wristband or something that you can like hold on to or something okay. like that. Yeah. 
And it's, yeah, it's just cool. It's like Cross Country's answer to the 4x4. I was going to say, it sounds like a nice sort of progressive, inclusive kind of thing to include, just to just to liven things up and give you another element, like another facet of interest. Yeah, well, almost. it's just the races are all fairly long at these at these events as well, and this one's over in 20 minutes or so, which... Yeah. It's, it's it's cool it's a cool spectacle as well because things can things can happen yeah of course based on sort of what strength of a runner you have strategies and, and things like that yeah, yeah exactly exactly so on that team we've got Alex Bells very good 800 meter runner Johnny Davis Sarah McDonald and James McMurray are going to be going that's the GB team for that which I think is a fairly strong team they should uh, they should do fairly well we're always Britain is usually at Europeans in the hunt for for medals and gold medals and things like that. Like, we we do well at the European Cross. So yeah, okay. That's going to be fun to watch. I'm, like, not exactly happy that I'm not going to be there, but, yeah, it'll be... I, based sh- off my performance, I'm, I can't expect to be there. I'm sure, you're, I'm sure you'll still watch with a smile on your face, so spin it into a positive. Definitely, especially if we take home lots of lovely medals. Exactly. Uh, talking about the news as well, I'm just conscious of time. You know, We've been with you at 52 minutes so far, so we won't try and take up too much more of your time. But something I think is well worth bringing up is the kind of athlete of the year. Yes. Things have come out. Definitely. Um, so talk, first of all, about the female athlete of the, li- of the year, Delilah Muhammad. Mohammed. Mohammed, yeah, yeah, yeah. So, yeah. four hundred meter world record holder. That's right, and I believe world champion. Although I don't actually remember. No, I think that's right. I'm, well, sure, I'm certain she is. Yeah, no, I've got, um, well, I've got the I've got the page up here just just to confirm it. Won the world championship four hundred meter hurdles in Doha, having go. having twice broken the world record. So I think this is the one where you know when you hear those stories of somebody. They do it and they go, wow, amazing. And then all of a sudden they do it again They've gone and quite, done it. Well, yeah. quite quickly afterwards. <laughs> you know, it just shows they really peaked that kind of, you know. Well, I know one of the times that she broke the world record was at the US Champs. And the girl who came second at the US Champs, Sydney McLaughlin, who ultimately also came second at Worlds, I think was also under the old world record. That's, that's must be, so that must be so hurdle, frustrating. Female 400 meter hurdling in the US right now is another level so yeah and the fact that she's even the best runner in the u.s is pretty pretty crazy and just through being the best runner in the u.s it's ultimately made her the best runner in the world and the best 400 meter runner of all time so yeah yeah, yeah hugely that's... hugely deserved there from Delilah Muhammad. i can't think of anyone who's outperformed her this year no and certainly i think i think it's quite good because it feels to me like there's been a few significant like ladies world records that have changed this year haven't there maybe maybe we can do kind of an end of year recap but just off the top of my head obviously you've got 400s here you've got i think the mile world record was broken as well yeah recently i think it was yeah it was um like the thing with a lot of distance world records are going and i probably need to bite my tongue a little bit on what i say about these distance world records going but it was Hassan, who was a member of the Nike Oregon project that broke the mile oh, wide record. Oh, I see. Record, right, okay. Which, yeah, we'll <laughs> let the listeners take from that what they will. Yeah. And then the world 15K and marathon world record were both yeah. broken as well by Bridget Koskai got the marathon world record. And I honestly can't even remember who got the 15K world record but they were both wearing a certain shoe. Yeah, and we'll okay. say no more on the subject and we'll move on to the male athlete of the year. And less, there, there can only be one. Oh they? boy. Here he is. <laughs> My <there>. man. <laughs> it, it's Elliot Kipchoge. It, I mean, it was only going to be one person. No, it? exactly. I mean, 
Uh, how many other people have had a song written about them this year? Exactly. Well, how many people have... How many other people have created a spectacle around their sport? You know? Yeah. I, oh, I, he's, I, he's a completely different... You know, how many... He, here's one for you, right? Ha, and anyone who's listening, I really encourage you to comment or message me or something like this. Can you think of many other sports this year which like a main headline like a front page of a newspaper has been a sporting image mm. based around you know based around a performance based, based not around, around something yeah. outside of the sport yeah. yeah can you think of anyone i mean there may be somebody who's you know even even like football tournament winners and things like that they don't tend to make the front page do they no. you really need an iconic moment, something that is fresh to the world. Yeah, no, I'm trying to think back to, I mean, I'm not a huge newspaper guy, but like no, but trying to think like, like for example, when like, Liverpool won the Champions League, I don't yeah. think that was front page news. Yeah. And yeah, or think even on like your BBC app or something like that, when you yeah. open your news app on your phone, is there, is there anyone else? And there will always be the skeptics, like the people that we, yeah, the, the stupid people that we read out on the Sun's newspaper comments <laughs> who, who say, oh, he didn't do this and he did that and he's yeah. on this and that. But ultimately, well, the- I mean, I I place myself as a as a bit of a fence sitter in terms of skepticism because it was a manufactured run and yeah. it was run in ridiculous shoes and he did have those pacemakers, blah blah blah. But it was the fact that he showed that that's possible for a human to run under it, two hours for the marathon. Yeah, and that's why he's such a legend. And yeah. we're also forgetting that he won the London Marathon pretty convincingly earlier on in the year yeah, as well. So- exactly. So. You know, I, I I don't think anyone can really have a problem or expect anything different, you know, because no. when you try and quantify it against literally any other sporting event that's really happened this year. And that's not even, that's not just athletics, that's any sporting event. And yeah, he's head and shoulders above yeah. any of that, I think. I think he's transcended the sport very much this year. He, yeah. I, in my opinion, he had already, but yeah. he's really, really done so this year. And I can't think of anyone who comes even remotely close to him exactly so i think that is is well well justified um just coming out though whilst i've still got my little news page open uh, what have we got dana asher smith as well mm, sorry just oh yeah nominated for the sports personality of the year yeah well i thought i'd read somewhere that she'd won something so she's won i think sports yeah sports woman of the year Okay. After her success, obviously, that she's had. Mm-hmm. And now as a result of her success, she's also, like you say, being put forward for the sports personality. Who is she up against in that? I want to say Hamilton's there. Yeah, he's, he, won he's always sixth. there. Yeah, he's always there. <laughs> he must be getting bored now. He's won his sixth title, I think, in Formula One. Yeah, I know. Um, well, now he's now he's taken to telling everyone to be vegan. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah right. Let's have a look. Here, oh, here, Okay, so we've got... Who else have we got? Who else have we got? Who else have we got? Dana Asher Smith, Lewis Hamilton, older Katrina Johnson Thompson's on there. Okay, yeah, world champion. Yeah, and let's be honest, I think the public are on her side. She sort of feels like she's had a bit of a rough run over the like the last, God knows how long. Um, so it almost really? feels not even not just a rough run, but just because like, she had to compete with Jess Ennis, or <laughs> almost yeah, she's almost in like that shadow for a long time. I felt like in a yeah, lot, well, yeah. she was the protege for a long time, and yeah, to see her kind of come of age was was pretty cool. Yeah. Uh, Alan Wynne Jones, obviously rugby's obviously been so. Yeah. Raheem Sterling as well. Interesting. Interesting, um, and then Ben Stokes for the cricket as well. Okay. Nice. Um, so yeah. it's a tough lineup to pick to pick from, but I mean, if I got to vote, I'd obviously vote for Dina. But yeah, I, yeah, it's a tough one. It is a tough one. I feel like, yeah, 
I th- you know, the cricket was a much bigger thing. I think you or I give it credit for. So I think so. Yeah, that could, that's that's the dark horse. I feel like to be fair though, well, the rugby as well. Like we did do really well. Yeah, <laughs> like yeah, yeah. It's, it's because we're not cricket or rugby people. I mean, yeah. I, but Alan all due respect to Raheem Sterling, I don't think he's going to win it. But no, but um, yeah, no, that's going to be in, that's that's going to be a very interesting one. I shall watch that with great interest. I don't know when they actually announce it. Off the oh, top I've of my got head. no idea. Let's see what <laughs> see what it says. Uh, Sunday the fifteenth of December. So there you go. We've got. Okay, I won't we'll... be watching that because that's when I'm actually doing a massage assessment. Okay, right. <laughs> well, that's probably two or three weeks from now. But like I say, so in terms of awards, you know, we are into that kind of you know, end of year sort of awards season. So I think yes. that was something to uh, to close off on. And also, just because well, I got... don't forget the final questions. Well, what I was actually going to do is we can bring it round. We bring it round. I was going to actually say to I was going to fit one of our little boxing references in there because then that's our third Ooh. that's our third box ticked is the young <laughs> sports personality of the year oh. is uh, is actually someone called Caroline Dubois who is the sister of a heavyweight called Daniel Dubois who is an absolute monster and really one to watch. So if you hear me rabbit on about boxing and obviously all the little parallels that I try and draw to it if you don't know who Daniel Dubois is go and watch him on YouTube he's an absolute monster. Right yeah and I think that that was actually kind of directed specifically towards me as well because i have no idea who he's talking about so i'll, I'll show you i'm sure he'll, show be, him yeah, he'll be showing me videos on his phone <laughs> afterwards when we're on the way to the tractor slogging around some 600s yeah right so let's get on to the final questions we asked these to jordan last week and we kind of realized that we haven't actually answered them ourselves so we probably should i feel so yeah i think i, yeah. Think I agree so what we'll do should we just I'll ask you, you give an answer, I'll give an answer, and then we'll, we'll just yeah, kind of go, go back and fire, forth. So fire away. Question number one is, what is your proudest athletic achievement? Now, there's there's a pause there. We both have quite think. an obvious one, and it's both from running the mile. Well, I'm paralleled, because for me, I've got running my sub five is obviously an awesome thing. I had loads of fun doing it. However, the only other thing that I could draw, it's a, it's an athletic achievement of a different sort, is I did once climb three mountains in 24 hours. Oh, that's true. That's a big one. And that is a big one for me. <laughs> so I I couldn't give it one way or the other. I think Project 5 is still most fresh in my mind, so mm-hmm. it probably still edges it for the meanwhile. But I can't... If, if one of them's got the goal, the other one's a close silver, you know, because <laughs> like Three Peaks Challenge, which was, again, it was such an awesome experience. So... I'd probably have to somewhere find it between the two of those. Okay, no, nice. So if you had gone with the mile, my response would have been to one-up you and say running four flat in the mile. <laughs> <laughs> but I think what I'm most proud of is my 10,000 meter PB of 28.37 that I ran in Highgate in 2017. Uh, sorry, 2018. And I'm proud of that mostly with the reason, with the backstory of that run. Uh, I had not too long before that, about two months before that, quit my job that I was working that I f***ing hated. We'll put a bleep in there. <laughs> um, shows how passionately I did not enjoy that job. Exactly. And you know just how, much, just how unhappy I was in that job. Yeah. So quit my corporate job that I really didn't enjoy to focus on running. And that was quite a hard decision for me because it meant leaving my nice flat in London and moving back home to Suffolk, moving in with my parents, and in many ways represented a bit of a step back in terms of career development. Yeah. But to have that validated that, like, I've taken a swing on running and, like, oh, I've actually got a bit of talent here. I can actually do something with it. Yeah. Have that Having that validated in that race with a breakthrough performance like that 
was really special for me. Yeah. And so not only is that one of the best races I've ever run, it's also got some pretty cool circumstances behind it. Yeah. And I mean, I imagine the high that you got after that, it must have been, you know. Oh, yeah. It was, I'll, I'll I my, couldn't actually believe what I'd just done. Yeah. I'll put my own bleep in now, but you must have really looked <laughs> back and said bleep the world after that because. Yeah. Well, another yeah. interesting thing about that race as well is I was originally put in the C race. So in the third right. fastest heat. And I had to kind of scrap and fight with the race director just to get into the B race. Wow. And ended up then finishing fourth in that B race. So, that I mean, those races are the European Cup races. I was in the A race this year and actually ran slightly slower, um, just off of not quite so good of a build-up in terms of training. I had yeah. other stuff that I was doing. Yeah, of course. But I had to really fight to get into that B race. And the time that I ran would have lapped the winner in the race that I should have been in. So, <laughs> That's an interesting yeah. little anecdote behind Good that. Good story, yeah. Anyway, so we'll move on to our next little question. This one we should get through fairly quickly is what are your favorite pair of shoes to run in? <laughs> my my favorite pair of shoes to run in, whatever I've got, <laughs> basically. <laughs> I don't, I, I don't, I have not got the money or the sponsorship to be able to get different, lots of different pairs of shoes uh, to be able to go for it. Um, <laughs> you know, there's, yeah, I could get affectionate over like the shoes that I ran my five minute mile in, but they're just, go. yeah, they're just <laughs> trash shoes. However, one thing that I do have to make a difference, I've got my like big evil looking like trail running shoes, got great big grips on them and things yeah, like that. Yeah, there we go. And they look the business. Do you know what the make and model of them are? Oh God. Um, I'm never sure how you say Asics, is it? Asics, yeah. yeah Asics, Asics. Definitely. Asics, Asics. Uh, and I think they're like Fuji Trail or something like that. They've got Mount. Okay. They've got a picture of Mount Fuji on the back, but they're green uppers, orange sole with massive orange grippers. Oh, like a on very the bottom. Sam Wade shoe. It is. And I'll tell you what, there's a certain thing, because like when you run up a big muddy hill, for example, like you were talking about, mm-hmm. you run up in those and you do feel like you've got that kind of, You feel you, they do give you the confidence that you go, yeah, yeah I can do anything. <laughs> <laughs> nice. Okay, so there we go. That's, that's, my, that's my answer. I feel like you're going to have a much more comprehensive answer because you actually, one, have tried running in more than like three different pairs of shoes <laughs> and you can probably appreciate the nuances of uh, different levels of performance yeah so i'm gonna say the shoe that i do most of my miles in it's the adidas solar glide and it's just a really nice comfortable shoe it doesn't feel bulky like quite a lot of um quite a lot of high mileage shoes do like i used to run in i'm just gonna name and shame them i used to run in the brooks glycerin quite a lot in college and they they were just heavy and kind of clumpy for doing a lot of mileage in and for really kind of if you want to get going in the solar glides you kind of you can i mean i think i've run up to I've run sub five minute miles in runs in those before, just when I haven't had flats and I've had a bit of a session to do, yeah. or if I've had a progression run or something like that. So, yeah, they're my favourite shoes to run in. I think meaty. Yeah, like well, it. not meaty, but I meant just the pace personally. <laughs> Is it <laughs> a fairly meaty pace? Yeah. <laughs> right. Okay. So let's go to the next question which is design your dream dmr team just so, to reconfirm for you yeah, and our listeners what a dmr is so it's called dmr is distance medley relay that's it it's made up of a 1200 meter a 400 meter an 800 meter and a 1600 meter leg yeah okay so how would i do it that's a really interesting see i feel like an entertainment value because I don't know enough about historical best performances to put in yeah. who I think. So I feel like what we need is we need like somebody who's got like a blistering mile time 
on the end to just see how much they can recover <laughs> against them <laughs> against another team. So you know, it's got to be someone like I've got to put Kipchoge in there somewhere just because what he represents for me. So it makes sense to put him in a mile position, surely. Okay, yeah, you know, he's your anchor. Yep. So I feel like he'd go in there. Um, what were the other distance? Four hundred. Maybe I'd want someone fast in a four hundred as well. But some, yeah. yeah, I don't know who I'd put in a four hundred. Somebody, I don't know. Da, 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 da. I'm just trying to have. A, I'm just trying to have a think. Who? Yeah, be... this is. We probably should have thought about this before because I've not thought about it no. at all. So mine's going to be very much winged. No, I feel like somebody who would be interested. I'd feel like I'd want to put someone like Johan Blake in at the 400 just because I want to see him. I want to see him sweat at the end. Ooh, yeah. I like that. Because in that way, you've got blistering speed at one end, blistering speed at the other, and then. In the middle, I think what we should do is like I might just put like we've got a general election coming up. I have Boris Johnson, Jeremy Corbyn in there. Get him to <laughs> tell you what to, for our, get for him our, to race each for other for our opening legs for the twelve hundred <laughs> leg. Who do you want? Do you want Johnson or Corbyn? <laughs> well, it's well, the best of a bad situation. I it know, is. but well, I don't so know. We'll give, we'll give you Boris. I'll take Corbyn just because I think he might seen, win in a race. I've seen. I don't know. I've seen, only because he's slim. I've seen Boris run before. I've seen. I've seen pile <laughs> over that kid playing rugby. Oh, <laughs> true. He's got some be, He wouldn't. He would take every measure as well, I feel like, to win. Like, if we told them the race is in two weeks, you know Boris is now on the dark web buying EPO. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, that's it. So, like, you need... I think I'd have my Johan Blake... So, you've got Boris Johnson is handing over to Johan Blake. Who yeah. have you got on the 800-meter leg? Who's going between Blake and Kipchoge? It, it needs to be somebody who's just going to be absolutely hilarious, I think. It needs to be somebody who's got, like... Could chuck Frenchie on it. N- no, I feel like that's that's too much, like, too much work right now like maybe <laughs> maybe you know once he's got his eye in a little bit i'd feel cruel doing that that'd yeah, be like that's fair it would be a bit hard that'd be like locking a dog in a hot car you just wouldn't <laughs> be able to do it well, especially like, if i pick like sebco or something <laughs> yeah no i feel like i'd want somebody who's like got enough athletic ability but is like totally mismatched at it so it's got to be a, it's got to be a boxer i talk about it a lot hasn't that's it? So true yeah somebody who's going to be like quick but not quick enough. i reckon someone like I'm trying to think who like a really entertaining fighter is. Like one of my favorite oh, you fighters. You could pick the entertainment fight. You could just chuck Muhammad Ali on it because he was fairly like yeah. He could move. I tell you he? what, that's a hell of a shout. I'm going to go with Muhammad yeah. Ali if we're doing anything past or present because <laughs> he could yeah he could dance and he would dance the whole way and he would he'd psych out the opponents way 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 before you ever t- t- touch yeah. the toe on the track. So there you go. So how does that summarize? So that goes what Boris Johnson. So you've got Boris Johnson to Johan Blake, Blake to Muhammad Ali, Ali to, to Kipchoge. That is a team. <laughs> yeah, no, that's a quality team. Don't know how we managed to get there, but nice, we've done it. Okay, so it's been selected for me that my lead-off leg is going to be Corbin. It's going to be Jeremy Corbin, the Labour leader. And um, my 400 legs. So I want to try and match yours as best as possible here. Okay. So you've got Johan Blake. You can't come on the four hundred bowl. Leg. That's, just, <laughs> that that's cheating. Great. Just one up. Well, if I was going to do that, I'd just say Van Nijkerk. Yeah, of course. Um, the world record holder. And ironically... No, what I'm going to do is I'm going to go the opposite end and I'm going to take somebody... I'm going to take a 1,500, 800 runner who's no. got proper wheels <laughs> and I'm going to chuck them in a 400 and see if they can keep up. Because I think it would be and a 1500, a fast 1,500-meter runner versus Johan Blake. I think that would be pretty interesting. So That's a good show, actually, yeah. Yeah, so I'm going to chuck Marcin Lewandowski right. on my 400-meter leg. And for the 800... Who did you have in the eight again? You had... Ali. Muhammad Ali. Okay, so I've got to pick somebody that's going to be... Because I want this to be a close race. Yeah, I feel like you've got to have... I want it to be a proper race. So I've got to have somebody... 
I'm thinking maybe a football player. Yeah. Who have we got? Who is who is known as being like kind of Paul Skulls? <laughs> I'm gonna chuck Paul Skulls on the 800 meter leg because you know he's gonna he's gonna run hard. He's gonna run as hard. He's as He's gonna he can. give it everything he's got. Yeah. And he's not gonna want to lose to Muhammad Ali. No. So Paul Skulls, and on the anchor leg, I am gonna go with El Garouge because. Not only because he's the world record holder in the mile and the 1500, but also because he kind of has beef with Bekele from the 2003 World 5K Championships, where, not Bekele, sorry, Kipchoge. Kipchoge, The 2003 World Championship 5K, where Kipchoge outkicked him and Bekele. Oh, yeah, I think I've seen that race. Yeah, Yeah, yeah. so. Yeah, monstrous. He's going to get his revenge, Hichamel Garouge versus Very. Bikaili on the anchor leg. So that's going to be one hell of a race. I but, wish we could throw that together. Yeah, it would be good. Yeah. Would be, that would be a lot of fun. <laughs> I, although, I feel like maybe we can make this our, our closing statement. Um, oh, no, we've got one more question. We've actually, got one we? more question. Yeah, go on, yeah. no, fire over the last question. Right, so it's, do you think you could beat Kipchoge in a fight? See, I feel like I could because... I'm, I think both of us could. I'm bigger and stronger, but I'd, I'd feel bad. Be like... Yeah, that's what Jordan said. You know, it just like he's too too nice and too wise and too humble. I feel like the strategy. Maybe we need to adjust this question and make it like a what's your, like feel, a wrestling match or something. Yeah, like what's your strategy <laughs> to be? Could you out horseplay Kipchoge? <laughs> <laughs> I feel like I feel like the thing is though, is I feel like he'd be weirdly good at like head movement and things like that. Well, this is what I what I said the other day is like I wouldn't be surprised if he was trained in some kind of martial art. Yeah. And could like you'd be like oh I'm bigger than him, like stronger than him. I can just brute force win this fight. And you'd lunge in and he'd just fuck you up in one swoop. Just <laughs> Yeah, I I feel that I feel the way there, the but... way to the way to do it is to beat him at his own game, which is like have a bit of patience and you want to like try and get him late. So I'd say like if you you know, like you know, you can't both have too much patience. You should be stood there staring. <laughs> It'd be each like other a chess match yeah. until one of you gets too hungry and just falls over. <laughs> I feel like you'll yeah, be like so. on The Simpsons. You just get worn out and then just yeah. I feel like no. The way to do it is is you'd have to like keep your distance. I feel like jab, 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 and just tire him out a little bit because I feel like he'd have freakishly good movement in a ring. I mean, he'd be light on his feet as well, obviously. Yeah. So I feel like you'd want to do that and then maybe just kind of like come in for a, like, I don't know, a body shot would probably hurt though because his abs are probably like rock solid. So I reckon you want to like try and then go on the inside and use an uppercut or something just to, just to kind of really like discombobulate and then go. <laughs> I feel like that's, the, I feel like that's the strategy way to do it. Fair enough. I think I'd just go like full WWE and try and do like wrestling moves <laughs> and try and like climb up to the top rope and like, <laughs> give, the him rope, the, yeah. give him the two foot kick to the chest <laughs> pile drivers all I, that type of <laughs> this feels so awful I feel like I'm beating up a friend <laughs> just... oh, I'd go I'd want to win yeah I'd definitely no, want to win yeah yeah yeah, but, and the things you know he would as well. You know, but like me versus Kipchoge is a lot more evenly matched than you versus Kipchoge. Yeah, no, I feel so. Right. It would be it would be quite an interesting actual fight. I I think I'd have him. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, All right, you, there we go. So what what were you going to say was the closing statement? Because we're coming on in time. Here. Yeah, no, we're up to an hour and an hour and a quarter now, so we'll, we'll round it off. But it, I feel like the way to the way to do it right is let's be honest. General elections boring. You know, everyone gets really heated about them for no reason. You know, because ultimately they go, you did this or he didn't do that or he spent this or he didn't do that. And, you know, it all it all becomes white noise. Yeah. Why not have your leaders elected by some sort of ruthless f- physical event like a decathlon? Yeah, a race or a decathlon, something like that. 
and then you know you you come out you come out the end of the champion. Maybe that's the way to make general elections more interesting. You tell yeah, me like the general election Hunger Games. Here we go, right? So this is this could be our closing note, right? <laughs> there was a debate on the other day between Corbyn and Johnson for this upcoming election. I promise I'm not going to politicize the podcast. I promise <laughs> you. But let's be honest, it's the same stuff. They go in, they shout about the NHS, they shout about Brexit, and then that's basically it. Some people come away going, he did X, and some people come away and did Y. Somebody probably said something stupid at some point. Everyone, yeah, we know what to expect. You tell me a single person that wouldn't watch if you were going to have some other... If you are going to have a race or a decathlon or a boxing match between (laughs) political leaders, you tell me a single person that wouldn't tune in to watch it. I can't can't tell you a single person. (laughs) And hopefully there is more than one single person that's made it to the end of this (laughs) podcast. And so thank you, that one person, for tuning in and surviving the whole way. And yeah, we hope to see you next time. Thanks again, everyone. Cheers.